0: All right, I want to talk to you today about how God has taken us out of darkness and translated us into his light, out of darkness into light. I want to begin by reading a scripture from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14, the words of the apostle Paul. Paul writes, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So, I want you to listen. He puts that, there's a phrase in parentheses. But here's his thought. Walk as children of light, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So as we walk as children of light, we find out, we discover, we grow into learning and knowing what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. What the apostle illustrates is that we are now light in the Lord. And that our life in Christ, by its very nature, is to expose and make manifest those things that are of the darkness. Because we are light in the Lord, our life exposes and makes manifest the unfruitful works of darkness, first in ourselves, but also to those in everything around us. We do this not by going out and judging and condemning those around us, but by proclaiming the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. It is through the proclamation of his praise through our life that we shine his light, exposing and making manifest all things not of the light. The picture the apostle paints is not of us, Pointing our flashlights in dark corners. The picture is of us walking, walking flames of fire, shining the brightness of Christ's light, lighting all that is around us by his very presence in us. This is what it means to be called out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is what it means to be light in the lord so when god made us light we once were darkness but he has made us light we are different we are not who we were we are not the same so let me read to you from 1 peter chapter 2 verses 4 through 10 this is really my text today but i wanted to read this introduction From Paul's letter to the Ephesians let's pray father as we look into your word today as we read as we hear your gospel as we hear the teaching of your holy scripture that we are not the same that you have called us out of darkness into light that we were once darkness but now we are light in the Lord We were a people without mercy, but now we are a people who have found mercy in Jesus Christ. We were not your people, but now we are your people by grace through faith in Jesus. So, Father, we ask that you would, by your Holy Spirit, open our hearts and open our minds and deliver us. Father, deliver us from the darkness in our own minds and in our own hearts. Deliver us from our fears. Deliver us from the things that limit us, that blind us from seeing the hope of the gospel, the hope that we have in you, Lord God. Deliver us from being bound by the things of the world that press in on us and press us down and hold us down and cause us to define ourselves and our life according to the world standards instead of by the gospel and the light that has set us free. Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Set us free that we would be a people that would glorify you, that would be a people that would loudly and clearly proclaim your praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4 through 10 Peter writes coming to him as to a living stone rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone elect. Precious, And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. I want to read the last two verses to you again, and I want you to listen closely to who you now are in Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Paul writes that we are living stones being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, when he says living stones, that is opposed to dead stones. When he talks about being built up a spiritual house, he's not just talking about a physical building, though he gives the imagery of a physical building, a house being built up. But the word house or household didn't just speak of a building, it also spoke of a family and in the old covenant, it was the household of Levi from which the priesthood came. Peter writes and he says, Now you are, you are something different. You now have been made living stones. And you, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, not just a physical being, but you are a holy priesthood. It's not because you have the blood of Levi, one of the sons of Jacob, flowing through your body that you are called a priest. It is because you are now in Jesus Christ because Jesus, who was born of Judah, he is the line of the tribe of Judah. And under the old covenant, under the law, he didn't have a right to be a priest, but his priesthood predates the law of Moses. He is the eternal priest of God and the Bible says Peter says that you now are a royal priesthood it doesn't matter what blood you have it doesn't matter whether you're a direct descendant of Levi or not if you are born again if you are in Jesus Christ you are a living stone being built up a spiritual house and you are a royal priesthood in every sense of the word You are the house of God. God's presence dwells in you and you are the household of God. You are the royal priesthood that now offers up spiritual sacrifices that are now acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In fact, we are the sacrifice being offered up. We are the living stones being built up a spiritual house. We are the holy priesthood that's offering up these spiritual sacrifices. It's no longer the blood of bulls and goats, but it is the offering of our self in love to Christ, to God. We are living sacrifices offered up to do his will, to love even as he has loved us. This is the new commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples. And if you are his disciple, then this commandment applies to you. And Jesus says this to his disciples just before he is gonna be taken and arrested, ultimately to be crucified. In the night that he ate the Passover, when he is with his disciples, teaching them at that Passover meal, he tells his disciples, it's recorded for us in John 13:34. a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, so you are to love one another. This is what it means to be a living sacrifice. Paul writes in Romans 12:1, "I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service." So it's no longer the blood of animals. It is us offering ourselves up to do his will and to love as he has loved us Hebrews 13:15 through 16 the writer of Hebrews pins these words therefore by him let us continually not occasionally, but let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name, but do not forget to do good and to share for with such Sacrifices, God is well pleased. So that you see the sacrifice of praise that we offer up, the living sacrifice that we are to God, that we offer up to God, is not just singing our songs. It's not just saying words into the air, though it does involve that. We sing songs and we say words into the air every week when we assemble for worship. And we do that on purpose, with a purpose, because it has meaning and it has. But notice that the writer of Hebrews doesn't just say, say it from your lips. That's not good enough. He says, don't forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. In other words, if all that's coming out of our mouth is hot air making making intelligent sounds that, that sound good, but it never translates into actually how we live our lives. It doesn't mean anything. Because our salvation is not just in word, it's in deed. Jesus didn't just say, I will save you from heaven. He came from heaven and he actually did save us by climbing up on the cross and giving his life for us. His salvation is in word and in deed. And so our salvation must be manifest, must be demonstrated, must be known in word and in deed. the writer of Hebrews is teaching us here. Therefore, by him, let us continually, that means in every circumstance, in every situation, good, bad, or ugly, full of light or full of darkness, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share with, for such sacrifices God is well pleased the sacrifice we now offer to God they are from our life we are living sacrifices of praise offered up in worship in word and indeed through all of our life our sacrifice of praise our worship is offered in the most daily and mundane and insignificant tasks And events of life to the most extraordinary and remarkable and significant events and moments of our life. Our life is worship. All of it, from the smallest to the greatest, from the hidden to the exposed, all that we do and all that we are defines our worship of God. Worship is our life. And our life is worship. Peter writes, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He is the benchmark for all the living stones that are being built up a spiritual house. He is the high priest of the royal priesthood. We now are in him. Our life is measured by Christ. He is the cornerstone. He determines how the building is built up. He sets the course for every living stone that is laid to make up his spiritual house. This is what a cornerstone does. It is laid first to make sure all the other stones following are in their proper place to make the whole building glorious. All who believe in him will not be put to shame. The scripture teaches us. The world may shame us, the world may hate us, but God will never be ashamed of us. God will never put us to shame, for we are His, redeemed by His precious blood and called His very own. To us who believe, He is precious. To those who do not believe, he is a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So don't be surprised when the world is offended by us who love Jesus and follow his example and live to his praise and his glory. Sometimes, especially in the environment of the world we live in now, we seem to be surprised that the world has so much animosity toward God and toward his church. But we should not be surprised. In fact, I think we should take great hope. The Bible says, where sin doth abound, grace does much more abound. And if you've ever noticed that the darker it is, even the smallest of light is bright and I think what we see happening as, as the darkness of the world becomes more apparent I believe it's because the light of Christ is becoming more apparent and the gray areas are dissipating and we are seeing clearly the distinction between light and darkness between good and evil between righteousness and wickedness And that should give the people of God, that should give the church of God, I believe, reason to rejoice. Because God is bringing a distinction. And with that distinction, yes, it will bring persecution. It will bring people who look at us in a bad light. Who speak of us in a bad way. Who will disagree with us maybe in a much more verbal and even confrontational way. And while we should never seek confrontation, while we should never seek to be antagonistic, understand that the very nature, the very fact of who we are, if we are light in the Lord, we will be antagonistic to the darkness of this world. We cannot help but be that. And we should be just like light that never retreats from darkness, but always advances to dispel the darkness. So if we are light in the Lord, if we are lights in the darkness of this world, then we should never retreat from the darkness. We should always advance to dispel the darkness. Peter goes on and he says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are chosen. That should stand out to us. God has chosen you in him. You are chosen just as Jesus chose his disciples. Jesus tells his disciples, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. We have been chosen and we have been appointed in the very same way that we would go and that our life would bear fruit and that our fruit would remain. And just when you want to think less of yourself or focus on all the reasons why God must be disappointed in you, I want to encourage you to remember that God first chose you. You did not first choose him. God chose you and appointed you that your life should bear fruit and that your fruit remain to your good and to his glory. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 through 6 the apostle Paul writes this and he gives us this truth that we should never lose sight of. Verse 4, just as he chose us, just as God chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. I want you to notice that you, that I did not make myself, you did not make yourself accepted. But the Bible says God made you accepted in the beloved. God first loved us. That is the only way that we can love him. First John four nineteen. We love him because he first loved us. You are chosen by God. Therefore, we should rejoice and we should thank him. Because you are chosen. Peter says, You are a royal priesthood. We are royalty. You are the child of the king. You notice I didn't say you were the child of a king, and that's not what the Bible says. You're not the child of just any king, you're the child of a king. Capital K. You're the child of the king. In Christ, we are children of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In Christ, we are royalty. We are children of the king. We are priests. Jesus is our high priest. We are his priesthood, a royal priesthood since he is the king and the high priest of our faith. Listen to what John writes in Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. He is the ruler over the kings of the earth. Don't be fooled by the headlines. In the news. Don't be fooled by the things you read on the internet and upon social media. Jesus is the king. He is the ruler over the kings of the earth. He has not fallen off his throne in 2018. He will not have fallen off his throne regardless of what the outcomes of our or men's elections or men's votes or men's choices may be. He is the ruler over the kings of the earth. And we should never forget that as his royal children and his royal priest in this earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us, listen to what John writes, and has made us kings and priests to his God and father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever Amen. Then again in Revelation 5, 9 and 10, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Some people think they're going to spend eternity floating around in heaven on a cloud. No, the Bible says you're going to reign on this earth with your king, with your high priest, Jesus Christ. We are a royal priesthood. We are kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign with him on this earth. That is who we are not one day. That is who we are now. In Christ, you are we all are kings and priests. The world does not know us as a royal priesthood because they do not know our king and our high priest, Jesus Christ. So don't let the world's willful ignorance of Jesus, our king and high priest, deter, deter your faith. Stand firm and stand tall as his royal priesthood ruling and reigning with him on this earth, offering up spiritual Sacrifices of praise to our Savior and to our King, continually offering those up. You are a royal priesthood. Peter says, "You are a holy nation." First Peter one fifteen and sixteen and the verses preceding the 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 verses we're looking at here. Peter writes, "But as he who has called you is holy." you also be holy in your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. If we are the offspring of God, if we are children of God and our God, our father is holy, then we are to also be holy. As he who called us is holy. So we also are to be holy in all of our conduct. You are a holy nation that defines who we are, what we are And how we are to live. You are a holy nation. Therefore we are to live holy lives. Obviously, even in our best days, we fall short. And that is why the gospel is called good news. The grace of God in Jesus Christ does not give us permission to live unholy lives. The grace of God in Jesus Christ does just the opposite. It gives us the means by which we are called holy and by which we can now live holy lives even in our failures. We are a holy nation. We are his own special people. We are his very own special treasure. That's literally what that communicates to us. His own special people. We are not just a mass of humanity that God has saved. God didn't just look out over the mass of humanity and say, I think I'm going to save man. I think I'm going to save people and just just kind of throw his arms out there and and so I'm just going to save this mass of humanity. No, Peter is very specific. He said, You are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, you are his own special people. That's what we're called, God's own special people. Remember, God chose you, the Bible teaches us, before the foundation of the world. You are not only chosen by God, but you are special to God. It doesn't matter whether you feel special or not. The Bible says you are special. If you are in Christ, you may feel like the most unspecial person in the world. The the world around you and the people around you may have convinced you that you are everything your worst fear says you are. But that's not who God says you are. And we're not defined by what the world says we are. We're not defined by what the people in our lives even say that we are. We're defined by what God says about us. And the Bible says in Christ, we are his very own special people. Jesus did not come to save a nameless, faceless Mass of humanity that may or may not choose Him. Jesus came to save God's very own special people. Jesus came to save all those who God chose before the foundation of the world. And what makes us special is not what we have done, it's what God has done. He chose us to be his special people. If you are in Christ, if you have called upon his name, if you have chosen to trust in Jesus, you can rest assured that you are his own special treasure that God chose before the foundation of the world, part of his own special people that he chose and that Jesus has saved. The world and its trials and its tribulations and our sin has a way of making us feel less than special and less than chosen. But we must remember it is not the world that defines us. It is God who has chosen us and called us his own special people. He calls us by name and he calls us his own. We do not live based on our feelings and our faith is not based on what we see but who and what we know to be true namely Jesus Christ our king and our priest who saved us he has conquered sin and death on our behalf he ever lives to make intercession for us as our great high priest he has offered himself once and has now sat down having finished his work to redeem us his own special people. If you are trusting in Jesus, if his love is in you, then you can be assured that you are indeed his very own special treasure. We are his church and we are his own special people. And don't let anyone or anything tell you otherwise, because this is what the scripture, this is what God says about you. You are His very own special people. And why has he chosen us? Why has he called us? Well, the Bible says that we may proclaim the praises of him. God has chosen us, made us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people so that we will proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light because we once were not his people, but now we are his people. Once we did not have mercy, but now we have obtained mercy and all of this is in and by and for Jesus Christ. Or as Paul writes, you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. God has saved us that we would make his praise known and let his light shine. And we make his praise known in his grace that chose us and made us light in him. It is not of works, it is by grace through faith. No one can boast in any work except the work finished in the cross of Christ. We have no light in ourselves, but his light now fills us by his work of grace that has called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. We make his praise known as kings and priests to our God. We are his royal priesthood ruling and reigning with him on this earth, continually offering up the sacrifices of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to him and Sharing and loving and serving one another just as Jesus did when he walked on this earth. We make his praise known as his holy nation. We are a people not like the world, not in superficial ways are we different, but by the very nature of who we are. We walk in holiness because we walk by faith in the Son of God. We are holy because we are now in Christ. It is not our behavior that makes us holy. It is Christ who is and who makes us holy. We make his praise known in the holiness by which Christ has made us holy. We make his praise known as his own special people. We have reason to praise him, not because we partnered with God in our salvation, but because he is our salvation and we are his own special People And made so by his grace and by his grace alone. It is Christ alone who is the object of our praise because he alone has made us his own special people. He alone has called us out of the darkness we once were into his marvelous light. Let me read those two verses to you again. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who once were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy this is who we are in Christ now it is Christ who defines our life do not allow the darkness of the world to define who you are You are now light in the Lord. Therefore, we are commanded to walk as children of light. Look to God's word. Look to Christ. For he has called us out of darkness into his light, his marvelous light. He has made us who once were not a people, the people of God. We once were a people who had not obtained We were without mercy, but now we are his own special people who have obtained mercy in Jesus Christ. We have reason to proclaim his praise. We have reason to thank him and to rejoice. Let us praise him and thank him and rejoice in him. To him alone be glory, for he alone is worthy of all praise, all worship, all honor, and all glory amen that is who you are don't let your past don't let your friends or your enemies convince you any different go to the word of God trust in the spirit of God Trust in the promise of God. See what God has recorded for you in his word. Preserved for you in his word. That defines who you now are. You are chosen. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're his own very special people. You are called out of darkness into light. So walk in the light. And rejoice in who you now are in Jesus Christ. And let your light shine in the darkness of this world. And let it dispel the darkness. Don't be captivated by the darkness. Dispel the darkness by the light you are in Christ. Amen. I want to invite you to come to the Lord's table. All that the scripture declares that we are is true, is real because of what Jesus has done for us. It's not what we have done, it's what he has done. Here's your charge, church. Let his praise be glorious, not only in this church building on Sunday, but in his church building your body on Monday and every day. Let his praise be heard and seen, not only in our worship service on Sunday, but in our worship service on Monday and all days as we are the light of his life shining in service as we give our love and our lives to one another in our daily living, in our homes, in our workplaces, in everything and in every way and in every place. Let his light shine and so expose and make manifest the unfruitful works of darkness in us and in those around us. Remember, you are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are his own special people called out of darkness into glorious light that you would proclaim the praises of him who has saved you. Make his praise glorious and make his praise known. Amen?